Hi everyone, I have Roshan Gandhi with me. Roshan is the CEO of City Montessori School. He's the young education leader in the, in the ecosystem. Thank you, Roshan. Thank you for being here today with us. Thank you very much for having me, Rohit. Sure. Roshan, um, you know, let's kind of set the context up. Uh, and I want to ask you a very pointed question. Last year, when when we when last year in March, when we were just about getting into the pandemic, things were very uncertain in the sense that, that all of us really were hoping that three months down the line, six months down the line, the school and everything else will open up, we will win over the virus and so on and so forth. Uh, 2021, while we were prepared, we were again very hopeful that the country will come back on its feet and so on and so forth. I want to just, uh, you know, pick your thoughts on on how did these two years affected the the course curriculum, the delivery mechanism, the engagement with students? Because I want to believe that last year, because it is it was unprecedented, we were not prepared. This year, maybe we were prepared better. I mean, thoughts? Sure. I mean, you're absolutely right. You know, everything took us by surprise twice. Um, even the second time round, nobody was really prepared. I think there was a feeling across the country that we'd beaten the virus and then, you know, out of nowhere, almost the second wave came and it's been, you know, even more devastating. Uh, and just as the schools were opening up, we had to close down again. So I think, you know, we've, we've all learned a huge amount in this time uh, about education, about delivery of education. I think it's forced us to really focus on what is truly important about education. You know, there's such a huge amount that all of our schools do, and there's such a huge amount of syllabus content that we all deliver. But this pandemic has made us realize that we need to refine things and come down to the absolute most important things. I think first and foremost, at the beginning of the pandemic, you know, we, we, we realized that we needed to focus on the well-being of uh, students much more. Uh, so we started encouraging teachers to, you know, take a little bit of time at the beginning of lessons instead of rushing in to complete the syllabus. Uh, from the first minute. Just take four or five minutes to check in with the class, ask them how they're doing, give them a chance to talk. You know, <clears throat> uh, we went online and people were saying, okay, now, you know, we're trying to run an assembly is pointless. We can't have any meaningful content in assembly in this online mode. It's too hard. And we said, yeah, that might be true, but, you know, do it anyway. Forget about the content of the assembly. Just the act of bringing everyone together in, in one community in an assembly talk. Uh, is is worthwhile to help people get over that feeling of isolation. Uh, so we we found that these things were you know super important. Um, and uh, over time, of course, you know we we found that uh, hours and hours of back-to-back -back Zoom classes were not productive. Uh, too much Zoom fatigue. So naturally, that forced us to reduce some of the syllabus. Then, of course, people were saying, okay cut anything that is not essential, so cut activities and cut events. But again, you know, we said, no, actually those things, when we when we really reflected, we found that those things are essential. Um, and so how do we, you know, making less time on Zoom, uh, keeping up all the time for activities and events and whatever, how, how do we deliver the syllabus? Well, I, you know, we, we really refined what is important in the syllabus and reduce the things that are not important. And then, of course, uh, perhaps the biggest change is that you know, we, we very rapidly moved towards new methods of pedagogy that are more suited to the online space. Um, you know, we really took blended learning in a serious way and flipped learning and uh, emphasized the asynchronous time of students. So rather than all of the course, course content having to be delivered to them 
through the transactional classes, we created more opportunity for them to independently research topics, to work on projects, um, to, to arrive, to, to discover learning for themselves outside of the face-to-face classes. Uh, and that's been really healthy. And I, you know, I, I very much hope that that's something to stay post-pandemic for our school and for many other schools. Right. So staying staying on this point, Roshan, um, and and you you be a young dynamic education leader. Do you think uh, last fifteen to eighteen months that have gotten into pandemic has transformed the education industry once and for all? And I the the point I'm trying to make is. Do you, do you see as we go along in next two years, five years, the the need of practical knowledge? Like you said, activities are important. While we are in, uh, while I'm sure in next two two odd years, uh, uh, things will be back to normal. Yet I would want to believe that that digital plus plus uh, 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 physical schools will be order of the day. So, so do you think the education has transformed for itself? from more theoretical to practical in in last 18 odd months and and that's the trend we will foresee in future as well i think the need for uh, drastic transformation in education was already there before this pandemic i think the pandemic has uh, you know it's it's suddenly brought it into focus it's forced everyone to think about it it's given the sector that shock it needs to actually do something about it uh, but otherwise the need for change is not new I think we've been falling behind for a number of years now in terms of too much emphasis on on learning uh, core content and memorizing information, which is becoming less and less relevant in in a changing world, uh, where now you can get all that information very easily uh, with a Google search. So, you know, of course, yes, you need to learn information, but it's much more important to also learn skills, uh, to learn, uh, you know, critical thinking, to learn to be collaborative workers, to learn to be creative thinkers. And now it's the time for, you know, it's, it's overdue, actually, uh, for schools to make that the priority of curriculum. And I think a lot of schools have woken up to this uh, and are starting to change things accordingly. Right. Uh, and, and again, staying on this point uh, of, of what has happened in the last 18 months, how, uh, uh, I'm assuming, including the teachers they were caught unaware so so what did you do to train to uh, train uh, teachers to adopt technology as a method of delivering content what were they a lot of sessions uh, for upskilling of teachers organized and how did that happen at your end yeah so first of all you know we had already been training teachers a lot uh, for years prior to the pandemic fortunately which gave us a very good head start um, training in, in all aspects, not just pedagogy, but also even just core technological training, uh, helping teachers to, to use computer technologies and all these systems. So they had a head start. Of course, after the pandemic began, we, we you know, at the very beginning, we kind of anticipated there, there was a period of a few days where the government had not announced uh, lockdown for schools, um, but they had said students can't come. So there was this strange hybrid where we were allowed to call teachers to the school, but we couldn't call students. So that was a perfect opportunity for a few days to um, intensely organize some training and do that. But I think also more importantly than training, you know, the, the attitude and the mindset of the teachers was extremely positive, And that's the most important thing. So, you know, because training is transactional. Sometimes people groan that, oh, our management wants to force us to sit in this and that training. Um, uh, but, but, you know, the, the most successful training happens when teachers themselves see a need 
uh, and they feel passionate about something and they they approach uh, they, they 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 want to learn you know and, and that hunger for learning was there i think because teachers recognized the need to be there for their students at this time you know they, they wanted to to be support their students they cared um and they just had a desire to do their best and therefore they made it their you know strong efforts to uh, to learn as much as they could about technology so we, we, we had a centralized uh, training department, IT training department, a set of many, uh, you know, across our institutions, we have about uh, almost 30 people full-time dedicated to IT training. Um, uh, but, but you know, beyond, we, we trained them in the basics, but they started working out for themselves uh, all sorts of tools and, and tactics for effective online teaching. So that was the most important part. I think having that mindset and that care for the children led them to learn of their own accord and of course the training department was there to support no i agree absolutely teachers have, have played their role uh, to the team uh, again uh, you know uh, again uh, how 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 does a leader like you who, who runs a large school look at technology being used more than anything else now to deliver great set of content to deliver great set of education to students i mean do you see more technology now being used like for an example uh, ar vr more immersive technologies are coming so do you envisage that as a future in the education ecosystem technology is a tool and in the hands of a skilled teacher of course it can be a very helpful tool uh, I don't think technology is the answer. The answer is is pedagogy. The answer is teaching is 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 the right sort of teaching methodologies. Uh, you know, I talked about the need to develop skills and critical thinking and you know collaborative thinking. So, so supposing you want uh, students to to learn the arts of communication and collaboration, you need time in your classes for children to work on group work, pair work, project work. Right. Right now, most schools are not creating that kind of time because they're rushing through the syllabus. So. You know, in order to create that time, you can make the you you can utilize blended learning. You can use some of the syllabus delivery uh, through flipped learning methods and other asynchronous methods. And so, technology there is becoming a very important tool to assist in in saving learning time, saving teacher and student time interaction, uh, which can then evolve the role of the teacher to be a facilitator of of these kinds of discussions and things. So, so in that sense, technology can play a very important role. Um, but you know, without the teacher there, um, without the teacher conducting face-to-face -face pedagogy outside of the technological platforms, um, we wouldn't have the improvement that we need. So these things go hand in hand. Technology is not a, you know, a big one-stop solution to save all our problems. Uh, rather, it's a tool in the hands of skilled teachers that can create more time for doing the things that matter more. It can create time in other ways too. You know, um, teachers have to spend a lot of time in in correcting copies, right? But if you've got uh, homeworks and, and assignments that are conducted through a technological platform, then a lot of that can be automated. It also, you know, te teachers need to make an effort. Uh, the best teachers will always differentiate the learning in their classes depending on, um, you know, the, the, the different uh, attainment levels of their students. So technology, again, becomes a tool in their hand. You know, it, it can provide them a lot of data, uh, automated analytics, etc., to help them to do that more efficiently and um, you know, saving their time and, and all this time saved will help them engage in training activities, professional development activities, and just more time within each lesson plan to focus on the thing, on the skills-based education that really matters. 
my my last very hypothetical question and i want to uh, kind of uh, uh, do a kind of crystal gaze you know uh, do you think and and it happens in higher education especially in 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 college and upwards of education do you think uh, geographical boundaries for schools would also break if we start investing more in digital education the point i'm trying to make is a student in delhi will be able to study the course being offered in lucknow um, if 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 digital is the way you think you think that's the future that we that we'll all be willing to kind of accept to uh, for an example when when pandemic broke howard made their all, all their courses for free and and some and some courses were done by all of us and and, and So do you think that's the future for school education as we as we now are coming out of pandemic and and have accepted digital education as a norm I would say neither yes nor no I think what we're looking at is potentially some kind of hybrid model where because at at the school level I think it is absolutely vitally important that that face to face connection with teachers and with peers remains so as soon as this pandemic is over I would not at all advocate that all learning should continue online and all all studies should be online. I think it's so important that that in-school physical uh, personal connect continues to happen. It's vital to a child's development and it's vital to the development of their wider skills. Um having said that, what is feasible potentially is some kind of hybrid model where, you know, there there are some days in a week which are face to face where it's focused on activities and extracurricular work and and whatever. and there are other days where you know just the core curriculum content has to be imparted and that can be uh, <clears throat> that can go on through online methods and so then those that that portion of a few days of course does not have to respect geographical boundaries necessarily it's theoretically possible that a child sitting in delhi can attend a school on those days in lucknow online um but frankly i don't know how practical that will be for most parents because you still you it's still so important that you're enrolled in a school which is physically geographically nearby that on several days a week you can access the face to face education and if you're doing that anyway then why would you enroll separately in a different school for the uh for the other aspects of education so i i doubt that it's practical there is a lot of rumbling in the sector about this topic in the the edtech sector is has been you know investigating the possibility of of doing that and uh you know i'd be very interested to see how things move forward and what happens but my own view is that that rootedness in in a physical location with peers and with teachers is too important to let go i i last one more question rosh and before you leave uh, uh, there's a there's a uh, study that that's been done by save the children uh, globally and and it it talks about that the millions across the globe will never be able to come back to schools due to due to various reasons i mean the loss of family members the loss of incomes and so on and so forth have you had that kind of uh, uh, conversation or, or experience yet and if that happens in india what what are global or what are education leaders like you are are are, are thinking about addressing it i think you know around the world um the majority of of children are studying in government schools in india about 50% of children are studying in government schools and and another the remaining 30 40% are in low fee you know budget private schools 
um, which have also struggled very hard. So, and, and so I think you know, in in India, there has been a real struggle with this on the ground, and uh, unfortunately, we are yet to see robust data that gives us a very clear picture about the kind of setback that has been hit there. I think a lot of these schools have struggled to impart um, proper online learning, uh, either because the, the teachers haven't had the know-how or because the access to internet and devices hasn't been there, uh, or, or simply because the parents have not seen the value in paying fees, uh, even at the budget private school level, for online education. Uh, so all, the, all these problems are there, and there's been a huge amount of learning loss. And as you say, um, Schools have closed down due to the economic hit. Families have been affected badly, either by uh, casualties in the family or economic setbacks. Um, and so there is a real problem uh, there. Uh, you know, we, we at CMS are in an urban center, and I'm sure most of the schools that you would be interacting with on, you know, in, in podcasts such as these would be representing urban, you know, relatively uh, well-to-do. Uh, you know, we, 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 we're, not, we're not an elite school by any means, but we cater to a lower middle class uh, demographic who have been affected, yes, of course, but by the grace of God have, have, have not been so fundamentally affected that they have to leave the education system. Uh, on, on the ground below that, um, we need to gather this data. And I think there's going to be a huge role for policymakers uh, and, and government to step in uh, to, to make an active effort to bring these children back into school, to provide them with the uh, resources and the support that's needed to bring them back into the fold. Um, and uh, education leaders like ourselves, of course, we have to do our bit. Um, I think we need to educate the public and the parents about the importance of getting people back into school as quickly as possible. I think there's a lot of fear amongst parents, uh, a lot of skepticism. Uh, and, and so we need to be actively working to help them overcome that so that as soon as uh, it becomes safe to do so, uh, we can have children back in school. Sure. I mean, uh, it, it's awesome to speak to you, Ronson, today. Thank you for your time and look forward to interact with you more often. Thank you. Thank you very, very much, Roy. Great to meet you. Thank you. Bye.